What if the justice you seek sends you along a journey of deep sea diving or machete cutting of the thickest foliage in a rainforest in these Olympics for the truth? And what if the journey turns out to be a simulation? We explore hijacked memory, a topic that I think doesn't receive a lot of attention that it should. Far too often, uh, we create memories of the past that aren't true. We convince ourselves of a thing that never existed. We call this denial, delusion, our own doing, or through the influence or ignorance of those in authority. Our minds are extremely precious, and our waters run deep, our blood long. We program water with our words, likewise our minds, programmed with narratives that cloak or remove the truth of who we are and what we've experienced. And over time, the volume of these other false voices and narratives increase and reach a fever pitch. And there exists an opportunity to know, to connect with the heart and mind, to know the truth. Life changes when you know the truth and the narratives fall away. And that truth can be sobering or blissful. Welcome to the end of Futaba's Palace. Welcome back, my phantom thieves, and welcome to everyone else who may be interested. Welcome to the Painful Podcast. I'm the Painful, and the space is for you. Welcome to the bonfire, guys. Welcome to the grounds of fertility here, where we're teachable, and we apply the things that we learn in our lives, and we share our life lessons as gifts. We also have elders, so we're not wandering lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. We apply the wisdom and guidance of the elders for a smooth and prosperous life, for that is the only life the elders want for us, and if they do not, then they are not elders. I'm, I'm a, a business owner, artist, art instructor, a, a multimedia artist, so I do many different things professionally, but we're not talking about that right now. Right now, we're talking about Persona 5, and um, we're going to continue with the story because Futaba's palace, all of these palaces start, well, honestly, it started with Yusuke for me. Yusuke has been profound for me. And then it became this one profound for, for many reasons. And one of the main reasons is due to this thing that I know it's, it's a clinical term. I'm sure of it, but it's, it's probably a better term than I'm using. But I'm just going to call it memory hijacking. That's the only thing I can uh, think right now. But this is something that I think is huge. And to see it, well, when you, when you work in when you work in social services or when you work with youth and you work with different you work in that background or in that field, uh, there is a common thread or a common thing that a lot of youth experience or I've noticed or I observe. More than often, there is a narrative that many youth are, are fed, being that they are told that they're system youth or they're this. Sometimes they may even have memories and things that weren't even true, uh, that these different people in positions are telling them. Now, I'm not saying this has happened in my own personal um, connections and things of that nature, but I can tell you that the narratives, the narratives are absolutely, that's a thing. You will find youth that will rehearse a narrative that is not true to who they are simply because multiple therapists and multiple people in positions have told them this over and over again and that becomes their story it becomes their personality and their identity 
and um, that's something I am not a fan of, quite frankly. And this particular palace, it it, it wasn't a, it, it has it has great correlations or great parallels to that. And I was blown away by Futaba's palace. Yeah, I just was blown away. So I'm gonna just get right into to basically finish off where continue where we left off and you'll see exactly what i mean okay so you know we left off we left off where we entered the tomb of uh, the pyramid and i kind of held and, and waited there and um stopped it there now we go back to the palace and we're you know we're inside and there's it's again it's it's a pyramid so if you're familiar with a lot of with a lot of different video games and things when you're dealing with um, uh, palaces or dungeons where you're dealing with with Egypt or even in Zel Legend of Zelda, what is it called? The Light Temple? I forget. Whichever it was in Ocarina of Time where you're doing a lot of light reflecting, you're moving mirrors or you have a mirror shield and you're, you, you know, there's this light that shines from from the top from the sun and you're using the sunlight to open doors and to activate things that is that is the theme in this particular palace there is a lot of reflected light there is a lot of light tricks there is a lot of focus on light which of course deals with knowledge and information right okay so through a bunch of light tricks through a bunch of all these different mirrors and things we open the main door that had us locked out in the foyer that we had to get through so remember when i got there there was like this huge door that was locked and it was like locked behind this this fancy looking lock that had all these neon colored lights and things it was pretty dope but i learned by exploring the exploring the temple or exploring the palace that that's how i get through these through these um through these doors so as i'm walking through the foyer there's three doors one on the left a huge another one of those sealed doors in front of me and then a save room on the right so of course you know save do my do my thing and then i enter through the left door and shadow futaba's back she asked us to follow her and one thing that i remember was that yo shadow futaba is not this hyper aggressive greedy shadow like the previous three so this makes this it changes the entire mood of this palace. You don't feel the threats that you feel in this palace is not the same. You don't feel this looming, antagonizing, looming just energy over you. It doesn't feel that way in this particular palace. It feels much more close to home because we'll, you'll, you'll see. So through a series of puzzles, we, I take care of a bunch of puzzles and we enter this room with a blank mirror on the wall. It's a huge screen. And in the center of the room, there's like this control panel with another one of those light reflecting things. But it has a it has a panel on it as well. It's a huge rectangular kind of a portrait um, shaped panel. Right. I activate that panel and then on that blank mural, there's this puzzle that I have to unscramble. So it's a bunch of pictures out of sequence. You have to kind of shift and move and arrange. And it's a hieroglyph once I figure it out. It's a hieroglyph of Shadow Futaba and three black suited men with masks of Horus over their, over their heads. And the one in the front is handing her a scroll. Now, if you know the hieroglyphs, everything is like 2D. Everything's done with like the side profile thing. 
So Futaba's sitting on a throne. I meant to tell you, she's she's thrown. She's sitting on a throne. She's holding out her hand. A bird is behind her. And the bird is about like waist level height standing. So she's pretty high, but the bird is waist level to her in her seat. And in front of in front of her are the three are the three um suited men with the black suits and the Horus masks. So Yusuke's, we're all watching this, and Yusuke's like, huh, the adult seems to be reading something to a crying child. The emotions of the artist are depicted in the art they produce. I can sense serious pain harbored in her heart. That's what Yusuke's saying. Okay, cool. While we're just kind of talking about this thing, we're just making sense of this hieroglyph or making sense of the, the completed puzzle. A voice from the distance, which is her consciousness, then cascades over our conversation. Or it's like a, it's a memory that's entering the space. But this was a voice that was saying, I should have never had Futaba. She was always such a bother. It seems you caused your mother a great deal of trouble, Futaba-chan. She must have had some kind of maternity neurosis. So that what that was was one of the people reading the mother's suicide note and then telling Futaba that she must have caused her mother some stress. So the light reflecting mirror turns, burns a hole through that mural and unlocks the second main sealed door that was through the hallway that was once locked away from us. So then I jumped down and then... Uh, well, before I jump down, Makoto says that that sounded like a suicide note. That voice you heard, it sounded like a suicide note. And Yusuke asks if, if that could be what Futaba remembers of her mother's suicide. So Ryuji says, it's a, it's a shitty thing to do to a child if that's how it really went down. If that's how it really went down. Okay, continue. So we get through the second door and we find Shadow Futaba again asking what took us so long. You know, she walks off again and we try to chase her. And then another one of those giant boulder things that it did in the beginning tries to run us over from the previous episode. And she's setting all the traps. Now, this is her doing, but she's not on this rampage to kill us. It's not, that's not what she's trying to do. Every, uh, when, the, when the shadow version of herself is inviting us deeper inside her heart, she, she gets she has these defense mechanisms that come up and they try to get us out, not necessarily kill us. So it's, it's interesting. It just, it gives one another way to, to view this whole thing. Anyway. All right. We enter this room called the chamber of guilt and it hits a room with 12 coffins. It's six on each side. Now, 10 of the 12 have those same electric panels lined in stone like the that thing that had that big mural in there that room these coffins had that same little control panel on, the, on each of them all but 10 all but two so 10 of them of the 12 had that thing on there in my mind i'm wondering if this room is this parts of her that have died because of that internalized guilt you know if the room is called the hall of guilt the chamber of guilt rather so I'm just thinking of the, the crafting of the story, the crafting of the dungeons, the crafting of it all. And I think it's pretty amazing. Anyway, we activate this puzzle and then one side of the coffins light up with these holograms in the shapes of globes. So imagine these coffins, right? A coffin, there's like an, an 
a inverted triangle of light that shoots from the top from the top of e of, of six of those coffins on one side and at the widest points of the light there are these globes these hologram these holographic hologram well yeah holog globe holograms and they're rotating and there's a bunch of terminal code and symbols some zodiac symbols mainly the cancer symbol and a bunch of other miscellaneous symbols and there was a there was a upon activating those those coffins there was a um a password given to us and it was b it was b01010 which is binary code for those who know um it's this is all relevant that's why i'm telling you all this <laughs> So I turn, I turn on and I do all the corresponding holograms and then I'm given access to another room. Now that room with the giant boulder that I just left all of a sudden activates a bunch of boulders that came, that come out and they all, they keep pouring out until none other can come out, but I'm able to walk. Now I'm able to walk across the top of these boulders. So it gives me access to a new room, just a puzzle. Anyway, so we enter another room with a blank mural and we activate it. And it's another scramble puzzle. Now, this one is of Shadow Futaba crying along the sidewalk as her mother threw herself in front of the car. As you remember, um, her mother committed suicide by throwing herself in, in front of a car. And another voice now appears screaming at Futaba. And Yusuke then asks, he's like, did her desire to forget those memories cause her to repress them? And I'm like, huh, good question. So anyway, after a few more puzzle rooms, we enter another puzzle with a blank mural. And this one is Shadow Futaba pulling on her mother's clothes while she holds a stack of papers in her hands. And she's at a desk of like she's, she seems to be at an office. She, you know, and this image is presenting the busy mother who's not paying attention to Futaba. OK, the voice, the voice comes back and it's young Futaba. And she says, I'm tired of eating dinner alone all the time. You know, it's always just convenience store bentos i want to go somewhere take me on a trip and the reply the reply from her mother is don't be so selfish you know i'm working hard to support you right and then the the dialogue stops so then makoto was like she seemed pretty angry is that the maternity neurosis that the voice from earlier mentioned because of it was it was said that futaba's mother had some type of mental basically bipolar so Yusuke is like, so those incidents compounded, forcing her mother to suicide. And then Shadow Futaba comes out of nowhere in front of them. And she says that she must die because she killed her mother. And that's why she's going to die in that place forever. So Shadow Futaba is saying, you're like, yo, the real Futaba is not going to make it too much longer. She's not going to, she's probably going to die too. She's going to commit suicide. So Yusuke is like, yo, I think her heart is growing weaker. The real Futaba's heart is growing weaker. All right. The mirror reflector thing shines on the next wall and opens up another door and brings it down. And in my mind, I'm looking at all these different symbols and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Knowledge does bring down emotional walls. But before knowledge does, understanding and empathy comes first. Because remember, they were trying to understand everything before they get access to for what for each wall to or each defense mechanism to deactivate they approach this with understanding they approach this with with um with empathy and with wanting to figure things out but 
the plot gets mathic. Okay. So now there's this huge, so all the walls come down and there's this huge green matrix looking wall with a private do not enter sign. And there's a bunch of caution tape wrapped all around it. And they begin to notice that 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 particular door looks familiar. It looks exactly like the door to Futaba's room in the real world. They notice that it's her cognition preventing anyone from accessing it. And it's assumed her treasure exists there. Obviously, each, you know, each dungeon has this, this treasure you have to get. You have to go into the real world, send a calling card, and then the treasure materializes and they can steal it and then change the person's heart. So anyway, Shadow Futaba comes and she's like, uh, I'm surprised you made it this far. Beyond lies the Pharaoh's chamber. You need my permission to open this door, but I can't. You must have her invite you in. So we need the real Futaba's permission. We have to leave the shadow world and convince the real Futaba to open her door. Now remember, we enter the shadow world in Sojiro's house, right outside of Futaba's room. But we still need access to her, to her actual physical room. So Ryuji decides to send a calling card, asking Makoto to write it, and we decide to leave the palace to get access. Once I exit the front door to the palace, I get summoned to the internal prison, you know, uh, where Igor and the two twins are, and I, I learn a new ability on how I can strengthen my persona since my rehabilitation is going according to plan. All right, fast forward. The calling card is written and I have to decide when I'm giving it to Futaba. So a couple days pass, and there is an interview airing with Akechi. The newscaster asks Akechi, there's still no response from the Phantom Thieves to Medjet. What do you make of this? And Akechi says, most likely, the Phantom Thieves simply don't have the means of confronting them. Medjet is different from anyone they've gone up against thus far. Their best option is to reveal their identities before more people are needlessly harmed. So we decide to send the calling card and our plan isn't going to do anything manipulative. We're just going to tell her outright what we're, what we're there to do and how we're going to get the treasure. So because we're all working hand in hand, there are no, this isn't a case where we're dealing with a criminal. So it's different. So cut to Futaba in her room looking at her cell phone. There's an eyeball on it and it looks like the Metaverse app made its way to her phone. And she doesn't know how it happened, so she taps it. And listen, Shadow Futaba appears, asking her how long will she continue blaming herself for her mother's death and shutting herself away from the world. So then she continues and says, Don't you think it's time you grasp the truth of that moment? Why did you rely on the Phantom Thieves? Now, even I'm confused. Like, okay, so what's the truth? Like, I'm, I'm confused now. Okay. If the real Futaba decides to avoid the truth, Shadow Futaba vows to kill the Phantom Thieves in the Shadow World. So the crew sneaks inside Sojiro's house again. Makoto knocks on the door and there's no answer. So Futaba begins texting us as Alibaba again, saying we should have told her we were going to show up. Makoto was like, in order to steal her heart, she must open the door. We have to get inside. Futaba's like, I'm not prepared for this. Give me a few minutes. Time's up. And she opens the door. Okay. All right. We're inside the room. There's a bunch of technical books, medical science, IT, biology, psychology. And Futaba is nowhere to be found. She's hiding in her closet. 
and we engage in dialogue and she understands that her cognition is preventing us from getting through in the shadow world. So she admits she was embarrassed to ask for help, but she knows about cognitive science. Now, cognitive science, not just S-C-I-E-N-C-E, but cognitive P-S-I-E-N-C-E. So it's less science, more supernatural. Her mother was working on something and it kind of, it just, it's a bunch of questions. Her mother was super dedicated on cognitive science and um, that's, that's why her mother was extremely, extremely busy. Futaba's mother is appearing to be extremely vital to this story, to the overall story of Persona 5 I'm beginning to notice. So An just flat right asks Futaba if she killed her mother. Futaba can't formulate the words, so she jumps out the closet randomly and she's like, she tells the crew to steal her heart, like physically, like take my heart. She, she like extends her arm and she's like, take my heart. And it's mad goofy looking. And they're like, that's not how this thing works. So she goes back into the closet after realizing that we can't steal her heart the way that she thinks we can. Anyway, we have more dialogue. Ryuji slides the calling card in the closet for her to read. And it says, Futaba Sakura has committed a great sin by drowning in sloth. Thus, we will rob every last bit of those distorted desires. And then it sends the alert in the, fan, in the shadow world. It sends the security alerts high, 100%. And now we are able to, to get access. So we enter the shadow world again, and the locked area is now unlocked. We go down the platform and enter the room where the treasure is, and there's this huge room full of, it's, it's just like platforms and empty space, and then you'll see pillars and empty space, and it's, it's just things suspended, a, a bunch of broken thoughts and unformulated or unformed thoughts with very little stability. There's, it's just, it's a room where everything is just fragmented, but there's these terminal code sequences over the room like the matrix we enter the room there's one we enter one big room another room and then everything is dark except for this neon green light all like shining on us and all over the room and in that that kind of area and before us there's a tomb with light shining beneath it before they steal the treasure and that's where the treasure is by the way so before they steal this treasure this huge chimera looking figure destroys the room they're in and it's a chimera with the head of a woman and the chimera was of course was a um it wasn't really a chimera it was truly just a a lion's body it was a sphinx but it had a woman's head and it had a red chest plate and we learned that the head of that woman was futaba's mother so Cut back to the real world, Futaba enters the metaverse and begins seeing the murals, like all those different things on the walls, the men in black suits handing her scrolls, the suicide note the mother wrote, the next one where she, the mother jumped in front of the car, the third one that shows the image where she's pulling out her mother's clothes, and Futaba is starting to, starting to pressure herself again. She says that she was a bad daughter and she killed her mother because she weighed her down and her mother hated Futaba for it, so... Shadow Futaba appears and is like, remember everything and do not avert your eyes. Do not avert your eyes. And I don't know why the, the image of the Medjed and the eyes it popped in my mind, but she says, do not avert your eyes. Anyway, Futaba recalled her mother telling her that 
she was too busy working on her cognitive research. And Futaba threw a tantrum and told her mother she thought her research was more important than she was. Her mother replied, um, my research is almost over. Just once it's finished, we can go wherever we like. I'm sorry I left you alone for so long, but just please try to understand. This research is really important. I need to complete it, even if it costs me my life. So the memory she had of her mother hating her was wrong. Just follow me here. We do remember things to be one way when it never happened that way. This is this goes down to relationships, friendships, all that stuff. Sometimes we think we remember something that it was and that never was the case. And it's just interesting, you know, because this creates our reality, our internal reality. In her case, her guilt distorted her own reality, it distorted her own desires. And it's important to also know that desires inherently aren't wicked. And the game begins to peel those layers back to showcase that, yo, desires themselves aren't distorted. I mean, aren't wrong or, or evil. They, they can be distorted through your reality or through your narratives. The first three criminals had distorted desires and their secret lives dealt with abuse of authority and crime. They fed their desires through corrupt means. You know, it's in her case, it appears that we're dealing with false memories. You know, and it's it's interesting because, again, like I said, there's there's times when I've dealt with youth. Or I've heard youth say these things and repeat certain things over and over. I'm a system kid. I'm a system kid. Or they say things like, you know, I have PTSD and they walk around and they just they say these things and they have no awareness. They aren't. They aren't given enough. They don't know. They're just regurgitating things that people are telling them. And so you ask them and you pry and you get to the depths of things yourself and even hear multiple sides of the story. And you'll realize that it was just a narrative that was crafted and created and it was done lazily sometimes through staff. As you know, it's it's a interesting thing. And it doesn't just happen to you. It happens to all of us. We like I said, we create our own our own realities you know and sometimes if we aren't careful we begin to associate and attach who we think people are to them rather than letting people tell us who they are and taking them for who they are we do a lot of different things and that can affect how we think it can affect our behaviors it can affect our own perception our own experiences you know so yeah people do create personalities surrounding false memories and narratives so Futaba created this palace, a place where her mother wants her dead. So Futaba Shadow asked Futaba uh, to remember the suicide note her mother wrote. Futaba remembered it had all of the complaints she had about Futaba, and it was read over and over in front of her relatives. But the shadow asked her again if those things were truly written. And if she ever said such things to her. So the shadow is like, yo, let me spill the beans. They forged your mother's suicide note and laid the blame of her death on you. And they are her colleagues and whomever else seems to um, be telling who told younger Futaba this. Futaba knew the truth all along, but denied it. And then her persona awakens. 
So this UFO figure kind of floats above her and lowers these octopus-like tentacles and pulls her up and her persona awakens. Now, I don't get to know the name of her persona. Right now, we're in the middle. We're in the middle of a battle. Well, the crew is in the middle of a battle and Futaba's in the middle of just understanding all this and then runs to help the crew who's fighting this this beast of form of her mother eventually we kill the beast of the mother and the ghost of her real mother thanks Futaba for showing for choosing rather to remember the real her Futaba's mother disappears and Futaba just leaves the shadow world she just disappears she's like all right I'm, I'm gone now she'll fulfill her promise and remember Alibaba promised to reveal the identities or the details about Medjet of course, Futaba is the treasure of, of that palace, and she awakened her persona in the palace, so the palace is shutting down. That, that old cognition, that old reality is now fake. It's, I mean, not fake, but it's, well, it is fake, but it's also, it's done. So we have to escape immediately before we're trapped in, a, uh, in, a, in that world. We come back to the real world. Makoto and I go to see Futaba, who's sitting outside of Sojiro's house, of her house, somewhat passed out. We're all panicking, trying to figure out a way to tell Sojiro, like, yo, something happened to Futaba. Like, we got to be honest. And as we're about to tell him the truth, he says that's just something that she, that she does. It happens all the time. And he thinks it's due to lack of exercise. She needs rest, and it'll take her a few days before she recovers. But, of course, we need answers about the Medjet, as she promised. So, keep this in mind. This is all within the same time frame of when Medjet is going to expose the identities of the Phantom Thieves. So, some days pass, and I'm building my ranks. I'm leveling up, traveling in moment Mementos, and I'm just doing some missions and things. And finally, the big day comes, August 21st. So, I wake up, and I see Sojiro in the cafe. And he tells me that that date today is the day Wakaba, Futaba's mother, passed away. And he made a cup of coffee and smoked a cigarette. And he begins talking and spilling more tea about how similar Futaba is to her mother. And he kind of like eulogizes. I'm eulogizes. Um, he provides a eulogy. I'm sorry. I'm, my mind is doing a bunch of shit. Uh, he tells me about Sai, the prosecutor who was trying to get information on Futaba's research out of him, you know, Sai, the, the prosecutor. There was something about that death that was interesting. They ruled it a suicide, but he has doubts about it. And he's saying that there were people who wanted to take her research and use it for their own benefit. And he goes on to further say that her mother, Futaba's mother, told him that she thinks she might die. But Sojiro brushed it off and didn't take it serious. So he explains how he still feels that guilt and then why he took Futaba in. And it was he took Futaba under his wing for this redemptive type of thing. And in walks Futaba at the cafe, all of a sudden, just regular energy, whatever, takes a sip of some coffee and was like it's cold <laughs> you can't sell this she's saying you can't sell this and we're all shocked like me and Sojiro it's just us three in there and she he's shocked first he's shocked because remember Futaba never left her room never left the house none of that 
And she's he's shocked that she's just showed up there and she's answering all these questions and he's just sitting there stunned and she apologizes for worrying him. And then he starts to cry and she asks what the date is. So I'm looking at her and I'm like, um, it's the 21st. I'm talking to her about Medjet and she's like, oh yeah, let's take care of that now. So back to her room. She's doing the computer thing, the hacking thing. Her fingers are going to work. Do you hear me? They're going to work. And she's typing away. Morgana is with me and he's trying to get her attention. And she's just focused on that, on the hacking and trying to get down to the, that, all that stuff. And eventually I and Morgana fall asleep and we wake up to her saying that she's done. And we're like, okay, are you going to tell us who Medjet is? This chick falls back to sleep on the keyboard and we leave and the following day comes. <laughs> the group, we're having a group text with Aputaba, obviously. We're having a group text and we're going to meet at LeBlanc and we're going to watch the news for any updates on Medjet because this is the 21st. Nothing happened. A bunch of stuff. People are talking all over social media like, you know, ATMs aren't working, but is this the Medjed or is this just regular happenstance? Like, what is this? So the following day comes, the news comes on and says that someone tampered with the Medjed's website and now displays the Phantom Thieves logo on Medjed's website. And a possible Medjet member was illegally publicized and they haven't issued any official news on that potential Medjet member so we have she successfully completed the thing okay so the group we're all back we're on the cafe looking at this we're all excited we're like kind of celebrating but trying not to make it obvious that we're celebrating in front of Sojiro in walks Futaba she stands behind me a little nervous because all the crew is there and you know she's just not used to all that we eventually go upstairs all of us go upstairs in the attic where I sleep Back on the TV downstairs, a politician named Shido is on the screen, on the news, and he says, The fact that there were no damages due to the hacker's actions is but an afterthought. The issue I want to make clear is the attitude of the police and, more importantly, the government. Are they doing their best to find an effective countermeasure against the phantom thieves? Is it not the government's duty to create a society where its citizens can live without worry. The current cabinet is powerless and should be disbanded. I believe now is the time for me to risk my political career in hopes of making a new reality, a new political system that goes beyond parties or factions, an ideal country of peace and order. And then time stops and jumps forward in time to my interrogation with with Sai as I'm being interrogated by by her, bitch, yo, this shit gets mad fucking juicy. Listen, Sai is rehashing all the stuff I'm telling her, and she says it actually correlates to the facts as the police department knows them. She then says, if 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 he, meaning I, if I'm telling the truth, then Futaba's mother did not commit suicide. Did a third party target her life with the goal of destroying her research on cognitive science? Her death coincides with when the incident started occurring. 
Now she's beginning to question the metaverse, and she suspects that the psychotic breakdowns all over Tokyo, or all over Japan, are connected to a larger man-made plot. And she's unclear if they were because of the Phantom Thieves or that other unidentified user that Kaneshiro warned us about in the um, in his palace. And then she shows me the next target of ours, Kunikazu Okumura. And I'm going to end it there. <laughs> Bitch, when I tell you this shit is juicy, man, like, so good, so good, so good, so good, so good, so good. So good, guys. So good. Um, listen, if you are interested, maybe you should watch the animation. If you're not into video games, watch the animation and see how that goes. But w watch that and just follow the story. You can even watch Persona 4, the anime, uh, the animation. I'm not sure if there's a 3, but I do know there's a 5 and a 4. I watched 4. That's when we were crawling through the TV in the, in the mall and shit. It was really funny. Um... It's, it's so good because this is a, I find my, I learn my lessons visually and these, this way for me is the most effective because it gets my mind to think and they also are explaining things and things are making sense. And this is also using real life element psychology, demonology, uh, different esoteric things that just has my, my mind going, my heart just doing its thing. And I'm in love. I know I'm behind Everyone completed this game years ago. However, it's it's epic in the sense of protect your mind, bro. <laughs> this this whole thing, this whole entire palace is just telling you to protect your mind. Protect your mind, protect your energy, protect your space, protect yourself. And Everything about Futaba being secret, being hidden, being inaccessible, but for those who are worthy of that is another thing that I'll get into when I talk about the next, our next target and our next teammate that we, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I must tell you, outside of all this, I have been going through a massive and still going through a massive regeneration and still just recovering and just doing so much with myself. Oh my God, I cannot wait to share it all. I cannot wait to share it all. But this was an epic palace. Madarame's palace. Kanashiro's was, eh, it was all right. Eh. I enjoyed Makoto's story along Kanashiro's palace. But it was Madarame, Makoto, Yusuke, and Futaba. This shit is deep. OK, because these things happen in real life. All of this happens in real life all the way down. Listen, I'm, let me stop talking. OK, all my Persona 5 lovers, you know what to do. Hit me up on Insta, uh, The Painted Fool. Find me there. You can find me on YouTube, The Painted Fool. And you can find me on Twitter, Painted Fool Pod. I love Twitter. I love talking about uh, Persona 5 on pretty much Instagram and Twitter find me add me let's let's do this thing if y'all have a discord let, yo i'm cool with joining y'all discords let's do this thing i'm hype um all right guys i'm i'm out and i'll be back for the next story peace